Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now, the latest episode of Moon Knight. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Moon Knight Episode 5, Asylum, which is now currently live on Disney+. Plus. If you haven't watched it, spoilers away. This is about it. If you haven't watched it, this is what this is about. Oh, okay. 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 I'm at the wrong place. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, you wanted to be in the Chippendale Rescue Rangers room, right? That's where you uh, want to head to? No, I'm in the Marvel flip discussion. Oh, okay. That's no, pretty empty. That's right? not uh, here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, my bad. But brief bit of recap here. After dying in the last episode, both Mark and Steven are in a strange, insane asylum. Maybe they're actually there with psychiatrist Dr. Harrow. Maybe they're in the Egyptian afterlife with Tomaret, the goddess who is ushering them either to eternal damnation or eternal rest, either way. But they're trying to figure out what's going on. And in order to do so, they, of course, got to go through some flashbacks, go into Mark and Steven's backstory finally revealed their origin, what went on with their family. That's what we get into in a big way this episode, ultimately leading to Steven dying and Mark also dying. And that's the end of the series, I guess. Bummer end to the show. Good news for Arrow. Dude just won. Yeah, that sucks, man. Mm-hmm. It's good. Like, episode six is one long Harrow celebration. <laughs> Getting loose. Harrow Fest 98. That's what they call uh, it. Ned, it's Ned like Flanders. Coachella for villains. Mm-hmm. Ned Flanders wins. Ned Flanders wins. So this is a big episode. Lots of stuff going on here. Uh, this didn't work for me. Oh, what? Wow, look at yeah. this. Hey, coming out. Sorry. I'll just come out what? hot because I know. Wait, I'll, the I'll whole the thing day. or just this episode? Like, visuals are still great. The show looks great. Like, they're doing a great job filming it. Uh, even really like the CGI of the Hippo God. I think they did a good job there. She's very fun. Um, but yep. plot wise, this was all over the place. So you- back and forth. Um, there's a lot of stuff they need to finish up in the last episode and certainly things that they do in the last episode could forgive a lot of the things that I fell down this episode, yeah, but uh, for sure. But as it is, as we are talking about this episode now, and I don't want to reserve all my opinions and not talk on this podcast because that's what we're here to do. <laughs> Thank you. Alex. You're welcome. The people I'm here mostly as an observer. Uh, yeah, sort of, I yeah. just quietly mostly we put up same Once a week, we put up 30 minutes of silence and then we mm. wait till the last. I think the people appreciate it. We offer. Our, yeah, yeah, I think people appreciate the the, the silence. You know what I mean? Yeah. Welcome to Marvel Vision. Just... Hold off on your opinions for a sec. Yeah. No. Welcome to Marvel Silence. Um, my job here is just to point out when an opinion has has been expressed. <laughs> and let me say, Alex, sir. 
you have expressed an opinion. You're doing your job. This is why we pay you, Matt. This is why we pay you. I am the only paid member of the group. Um, (laughs) Uh, I know I'm talking very generally here. We're going to talk about specifics, and I'm sure I'll get into problems, and then Pete will yell at me a bit because that's how this podcast works. But uh, Mm -hmm. I'm curious to hear from you guys. It sounds like you were much more positive on this than I was. If you don't mind, uh, Justin, yeah, I really enjoyed this getting to it. You know what I mean? Like, obviously... Uh, you know, Mark, Steven, whoever the, you know, is kind of controlling the ship here is got some work to do and needs to kind of confront some things. And that's what this episode is about. And I think like, hey, awesome. Instead of it just being kicks and flips and all sorts of stuff like, hey, man, you might have to deal with some shit. You know, you can't just keep running away from it. And what a what great way to do that with a amazing hippo that talks who's new on the job, which you can always appreciate, you know, when somebody's looking for the right card to read. I mean, that's just a good way to yeah. relate to people, you know, yeah, and public speaking. Yeah. And I just think that like, yes, this is a weird show, but why not take some swings and do something different? And like, this is a perfect character to kind of explore that stuff. So it's not too weird for me. I wish it was weirder. All right. Take it easy. Jughead. I get it. You're weird. All right. I get it. You're oh, weird. Yeah. All right. I'm not you're wearing a hat. You're wow. wearing a hat, Justin. And you're wearing, yeah. I don't know, like full body suit right now, Pete. That's right. It's I'm just wrapped in a blanket. <laughs> yeah. You're in full hooded robe. Straight turtle. LePage yeah. here. Um, I feel like, because I agree with you a little bit, Alex, because I think that um, – we have like a sort of a Marvel show formula developing here where the fifth episode or the second to last episode is sort of an information dump that is also a departure from the main story and the main sort of action. And then we come back in the final episode to resolve everything. And um, I don't like that formula because it's narratively unsatisfying. It means we're oh, come with- on. just wait. It means that throughout the series, the show is withholding information that they're like bomb drop fifth episode deal with this. And then um, completely shift off it, having, like, in this case, lost Steven and Mark has to sort of be a whole person on his own, is my assumption, in the final episode. And it just means that, like, I would prefer if they set up some of the stuff throughout the series um, a little more cleanly and, like, clearly so that this episode felt like a climax of something rather than this weird, like, full gear shift into something completely different, dropping a ton of information on us about the Egyptian underworld, um, the yeah, scale balancing. It's the all hippo episode. It's going to be yeah. huge. It's going to be I, a ton of information. Well, but, it's oh, going to be hungry, hungry. It's going to be hungry, hungry. If it was the hippo episode, I think I would be okay with that. But these constant trips back to, oh, maybe he's crazy and Dr. Harrow is real and we're going to fill in some information this way. That's one element that just did not work for me at all. Like either do that as an episode or don't do that as an episode. I felt this way with the last episode as well, where they're like they're half seeing it with the whole insane asylum thing. And given that we, again, already know that this is real and it's really happening, I don't know why we keep coming back there. I don't know what the function is. Maybe you guys do, and maybe you can prove well, me wrong. I think I'm not going to prove you wrong because yeah, I agree. It, that, is, it, it like, is a little clunky mm-hmm, um, uh, as a 
as a thing. It's overstuffed, like we talk about all the time with Marvel series. And I think the purpose of those scenes is to be like to shift him out of real, quote unquote, real reality. Um, But I think what they're not doing is saying like, you die, this is the afterlife. Give us some information to hold on to so that we can move through these wild swings a little bit more. The wild swings that you're talking about, Pete, which I do appreciate big swings, but give us something to hold on to in them so we can do it. Because I think the <laughs> other re- one more thing, the other reason that the, those scenes are there is to keep Harrow as a threat. Hey, because I, he's I, not. I hate to break it to you, but, you know, some things you can't hold on to. It's like sand going through your hands. It's time. sand. Yeah. So, like, you can't. That's a good good metaphor choice. So, uh, you can't just hold on to things sometimes. It's like you punch sand and it doesn't. It doesn't do anything. You can't punch sand. I've seen you at the beach, Pete, and you can't punch sand. Oh, come on. I've punched some sand. You've seen it. Yeah. No, I have, but it doesn't get you what you want to make the waves stop coming yeah, that's true but i've still tried you hate I, waves you hate waves anyways i like it smooth you more of I mean? a pond guy yeah, yeah more of a pond or lake guy anyways uh i just think that like first off how dare you this has been so much fun uh we're getting a moon night tv show it's insane it's yeah. creative the people i want to apologize about something you convinced me i'm sorry i'm not constantly shitting myself with glee about everything that marvel produces from now wow. on that's exactly what i'll do oh my god you're such a fucking piece of shit there I can wait, be a range in between that there is a range is there i feel like there isn't based on the way that you present criticism because i'm like hey i like some things and i didn't like can I finish? Your first can I finish? Can I finish? How can I dare finish? I? Can I finish? Let me I can't you even real, get a sentence out without you two quick, assholes. Real You've quick, been fucking John for 10 minutes. I can't get fucking one sentence in. Go real quick, Alex. You, when you're happy, do you shit your pants? <laughs> I just every time follow that, up. Every you just said that. you're it's no it seemed normal to shit your pants sucks. with glee. <laughs> and I just want to be like, is that the TV show Glee? Are you just happy in your every episode your butthole? Uh, when loosens? I recapped it uh for patshitters.com, uh every every episode and, I'd be like, Hey, here's what Leah Michelle did, here's what happened with the Glee Club. They're not in regionals yet. Also, I shit my pants. All right. Great site. Uh, if we can uh, move anyway, on from this. The floor is yours. It's not Mr. around page. Um, I archived is, all the content if you want to read it. <laughs> how, like, okay, so maybe you're like, oh, this is a little confusing or a little jarring, but yeah, this dealing with Moon Knight and split personalities and this kind of waking up in different places is that. That's the exploration of this character and his reality, so it's going to be weird, and I think instead of fighting that, lean into that, and then, you know, I mean, I had a... That one first Wanda episode where they released two, and I was having a hard time with that episode because they really pushed stuff. Mm. Uh, later, kind of really paid off, and it was one of those things where why not say that, like, hey, this is, like, not my cup of tea right now, but I'm going to trust the process a little bit because, Jesus, every other fucking show has been fantastic. So, you know, maybe, like... All of them? I- Pretty much, asshole. Now, now I'm just poking the bear. I'm sorry. Yeah. I apologize. I understand what you're saying, Pete, but my problem, I don't have a problem with them trying things. I don't have the problem with them leading into the idea that it seems like is you do, fractured though. and all over the place. But they haven't done that for the first couple of episodes, and they're introducing that, like I talked about in the last episode of the podcast, 
too late at this point. And in addition, in this for episode, you. not to stick with the Harrow things, that was a problem with for me, but also from a plot perspective, and maybe you guys can explain this better to me because I had a hard time understanding what was ex- exactly what was going on here. So they get on the boat, they're heading to the underworld about halfway through. They're like, oh no, Harrow is sending all these souls down. And Tarred is like, you know what? You're right. I'm going to take you back to the surface so you can help stop this, though I don't know how you're going to heal, given you don't have the Moon Knight suit. And then they get to the gates, and she's like, okay, here you are at your eternal rest. And I was like, there's... Wait, that's not what happened. That is what happened, though, because ultimately that's where Mark goes. Steven ends up with the mummy sand guys dragging him down. So he sacrifices himself. What the fuck it dragged felt like him there down? There was changes in dialogue or scenes missing or something like that. And that's not jarring to be like, ooh, what are they doing? They're really breaking your brain. It's I feel like something happened to the edit that went wrong. Yes, Justin. Well, I think I, I think it is. The, here's the story as I understood it, because I did, like I said, it, it was a little overstuffed. There's too much going on that they didn't give us any information to hold on to. Uh, Red, this episode. Mark died, and he was in sort of a, a purgatory place, which is where he was talking to Harrow, which is the uh, the in- asylum. Tawaret finds him there and is like, oh, this place is a little weirder than normal, but I'm here to find you and take you on to afterlife. They get on the boat and in the boat, it's like, okay, while we're traveling, you're going to be judged by the scales, your heart hearts uh, in this case. And uh, hopefully you'll find balance um, or else you're going to be thrown overboard. Um, So that's the main job of Tawaret is to just drive on toward the afterlife while the judgment's happening. And if it goes poorly, Person gets dragged off, and she goes back to pick up her next person. Um, but tough in this job. case, tough, tough job. job. You yeah. know, it's a lot of boating where you're like, "Well, I'm got to go back." Well, whoops! And boating is difficult because you got to untie the rope. Especially, I didn't see a first mate, which yeah. would have been like a fun little bird or something. Uh, but it's not. Towerettes there, like untying, pulling in the um, the floaty things, anchors, and, and well, the pulling buoys. up the anchor, the buoys. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's really, anyway, this is a, this your sailing class is really paying off. You're you're uh, thank doing you. great. Yeah. Well, I love a I love a, a waveless um, a body of water, uh, just like my man PLP. Uh, so so what I was saying. So while she's on her normal, like this is my job. I take souls um, to the afterlife, and sometimes they get dragged off. Sometimes they go to a sunset cornfield. Right. Um, but then all the other uh, unclaimed, unbalanced. Well, it was souls, golden reeds. It was reeds. Yeah, reeds. not corn, but. Right, but like corn is like sort of reedy. Sure, sure. You ever been in a cornfield? Yeah, too many. Oh, sorry. I'm trying to explain this to Alex, but I'm adding too much random information. Is <laughs> is this feel familiar to this Moon Knight episode? Yeah, I'm watching? having a great mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Uh, great. Both of as long as everyone's happy. Everybody, everybody's having a great time right now, including the listeners. Go ahead. Uh, so let me just finish. Um, while so while Towerette is doing her job, um, mm-hmm. all these unbalanced souls keep dropping in because of Harrow's work, and she's like, "This is bad. We have to fix this. I'm going to take you to the Gate of Osiris to go back and get Conchu back yeah, you got, again. Yeah, help team up with Conchu, guys. You got some work to do. So that's the different thing that Towerette does. Mm-hmm. Right before they get there, his soul comes into balance, uh, or it, it unbalanced, and he gets dragged out. 
Steven gets dragged out and then it comes into balance and right then he goes to the afterlife before they can get through the gate of Osiris, mm. release okay. Khonshu and become Moon Knight. All right. That's my I, I take think, on it. And do you see how complicated that is for just for me to explain? No, I think you're right. Uh, that's probably exactly what's happening. I think the problem for me is that a lot of those turns happen too quickly, like particularly the Tower Rat being like, well, I got to take you to the afterlife. Oh, this seems bad. Let's go the other direction. Here we go. That decision happens too quickly. There's no back and forth there or understanding of like who Harrow is or what's going on or anything like that. So yeah. it feels like they're skipping around very quickly, particularly given the amount of time deservedly they gave to Stephen and Mark's emotional story. Um, it feels like, like you're saying, there's an imbalance in the episode, an imbalance Ironic. in the scale. Ironically. Well, Yeah, the feather of this story making sense doesn't balance with the um, heart of the narrative. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would say the opposite. The feather of a plot doesn't match with the heart of the, I don't know. Boo. Actually, I said the same. Boo. Thing. Just, uh, <laughs> I thought uh, it was. Hilarious. I thought it was because there was only two hearts, and there was like a third. You know, like a personality. This is, what that are they doing with the third personality thing? This is driving me but, insane at this point. Like they got it's a, still a thing. It's still yes, a thing. Because but why like, this was the episode to do it when they were balancing the freaking hearts? Like uh, bring it in not, at this point. They're going to bring it in and it's going to be whatever it's going to be. The reveal is, but we've talked about this before. I am tired of the mystery box that Marvel has set up for oh, every single I, series. I see what this is. You're just tired. You it's haven't out. slept. You didn't sleep last night. You didn't have, yeah, you're tuckered out. Oh, it's right. okay. You know it's what? all right. You I'm know shitting what? myself with glee. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. That's, that's another you know, symptom of being very tired, I think. Yeah. I don't know, think it's, it's tough sometimes, you know? You've uh, normalized pooping your pants when you're happy. <laughs> and I think you're actually very that, tired. Pantshooters.com is all about normalizing pooping your pants, all right? I think you might be allergic to a lot of the food. <laughs> I keep eating bees. Is that a thing you should be doing? <laughs> no, nope. see, and I remember that story when you were bicycling and a bee went in your mouth. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's the true story. I was joking, a taste. but that's an actual thing that happened to me. Yeah. You developed a taste for bees, and now it's you're... It's uh, weird how you keep trying to bring that story around. Speaking of stories, why don't we go into the backstory of Mark and Steven? Again, I had some thoughts here, but I don't want to monopolize the conversation, so I would love to hear from you guys. Um, I mean, I feel like... There were some big emotional moments here. Yeah. I do think they spent a lot of the real estate in the episode on this story that I think we knew where we were headed, I think, throughout. And I think they could have done it with this same or similar emotional impact without it being so much of the episode where I think but we could have spent that time offering some clarity to the other things that are going on. Yeah, yeah, sure. There's could have been a ton of things we could have been doing. Anyways, I think that the kind of like idea of who came first and why is a very interesting idea. And the fact that like, um, Mark was protecting it so hard, I think is also kind of like this idea of like, if Steven finds out why he was made, maybe he doesn't exist or something anymore. Like it was a kind of like this thing of like, you know, that's the whole reason you get to be you. Like, I wanted you to have a simple life, like this ideal life where you could just kind of go about and live every day is the goal, which is an interesting thing uh, to fight for. But like, 
um, yeah, I mean, why when you have somebody who's innocent and pure and gets to kind of like explore and have knowledge and like think the world is magical, like having that person kind of think that their mom, who they call every day and is kind of relies on uh, for their kind of like well-being to crush that is rough. And let me to to because I agree with you and to continue the compliment of this storyline. I thought it was cool that um, Mark, he loses his brother and then creates this other personality to deal with the trauma that his mother's inflicting on him because of what happened. And then he becomes sort of the brother to Stephen. He's trying to protect him. He's trying to um, take care of this other personality that he had to create because of he was being abused. Uh, And there's a nice symmetry there. But I just think we would have been able to take it in more and sort of enjoy this cool like idea for the character. If it was just sort of told compactly and not spread out with all this other wild information about being on a boat um, that doesn't even, I guess floats on sand. Yeah. Which, which is, is usually, cool. usually water there. Beat right. Pond guy. Huh. Beat? Well, I mean, There's yes, no, with I boats, see any water. but not in a desert. There's not water. So oh, the that idea was that a, a ship, the ship could go on uh, sand and, and sail on like water. Pretty cool idea. I've never heard that before. Yeah. Um, I I think just to give this a compliment first, I think Oscar Isaac did a great job acting here. Like that was yeah. one of my big takeaways from the episode. A lot like, of stuff for him. Guys really doing some acting, really getting some meaty material here throughout. Um, I did appreciate seeing though they didn't specifically refer to it, and I guess that's fine, but sort of his uh, mixed heritage, that was something that was a big question going into the show, and they sort of doubled down on that with the casting of his parents as well as his brother, uh, so that was nice. Um, and there were some good good ways that he played the scenes throughout. Um, I do think there are some issues with changing his backstory here, and not to spend too much time on it because I know I am the sole Jewish member of the podcast, but mm. my biggest thing when I got out of the episode was I sat there for a moment and I had this very unsettled reaction of, well, I'm glad there was some Jewish representation on TV, I guess. And then I had to sit down and like think about it for a while and figure out why I was so unsettled. And I think a large part of the reason is, first of all, not that Moon Knight started as Jewish, uh, the history of it, it was it was almost an accident, I believe. The creator named him after a Jewish friend and then was like, I didn't know he was Jewish. And then later creators <laughs> added that in. But it has become a part of the character. We talked about this before the podcast launched on our live show. Yep. My personal feeling about it is like, you don't have to address Moon Knight being Jewish. I love seeing Jewish representation on TV. That always makes me very happy. But the whole crazy Batman style thing is much more a facet of character of the comics, even if other creators have really pushed the Jewishness as well to really great dramatic effect. But if you are going to do it, I want to see you do it right. And I don't think they did it right here. And the reason smashing that, the smashing the yarmulke to the ground over and over again. You don't think that uh, was the, here's the, the thing correctly. about that. Well, I even feel wait, like, wait. Oh, no, no, no. Let me finish talking about the Jewish uh, religion <laughs> aspect of the podcast before you break it with whatever your opinion about this is, Pete. Uh, I, I had a question about something yeah, you sure. said. Yeah, yeah, I was absolutely. just trying to get a clarification. I absolutely. wasn't fucking What's the question? assaulting your, you know, Jesus. All right. So I, you said the crazy Batman, like that's a type of something. Like, what do you mean by that? 
Oh my god! Uh, I, I, the we had this discussion in the first episode about how a lot of people view Moon Knight as more of crazy Batman or Batman in white or something like that. So all oh, I'm saying oh, is okay, sorry. that part of the character that gets I thought it was like a, a scene where Batman went crazy or no, something no, no, in a movie no, no, that no, wasn't familiar with. No, he does I'm just do saying that's like there's different aspects of the character you can deal with. The Jewish part of the character is something that I would love to see done properly. But if you're not going to do it properly, I don't want to see it. That's my grand mm-hmm. overarching thing here. There's a couple of scenes that we get. First of all, just like to very quickly set it up in the comics, his dad is a rabbi. I don't think we know about his mom. Judaism is natural lineal. So technically, unless the mom is Jewish, he's not Jewish. But also, like, in terms of American Judaism, it really doesn't matter for the large majority of people. So just to, like, give that basis and stuff. But the thing that was ultimately very frustrating, the more that I thought about it, is they had him sitting Shiva first for his brother. Shiva is a week-long thing. You sit, you honor the dead. Um, It's a very quiet affair. It's not, like, awake or something like that. It's not... It's, you know, there's rending of garments sometimes. There's a lot of different things involved, uh, but ultimately it's you sit around with family and you eat and you talk for about a week uh, and sort of just think about things. And that's what it's supposed to be. But in the show, it at least my impression is they mentioned Shiva there. The second time he doesn't go into his mom Shiva and then he takes off the kippah, the yarmulke, uh, throws it to the ground and then says, I'm sorry, I think in Hebrew and puts it to his heart. All of those beats, I think, are fine on their own, but the problem is it doesn't tie into any greater overarching narrative, and to me, it was that keep a moment that really crystallized it, because I saw a lot of people online being very upset about throwing a keepa to the ground. Some people believe you never should do that. Other people are like, it's a piece of cloth. It's fine. You know, when it gets dirty and old and ratty, you can throw it in the trash, and that's okay. But there is a thing where, like, if it falls off your head and it falls to the ground, you kiss it just to pay a little bit of deference, and then you kind of move on mm-hmm. from there. So the fact that, first of all, he didn't have that move, but also the bigger thing is there was no line drawn between, is his father a rabbi? Is he Jewish in any way? Does he celebrate the Jewish religion? Is he involved in it? Why is that the note where he's like, I'm throwing this away. I don't want anything to do with the Jewish religion. Does that tie to his mother in any way? We don't know. Like, it was just presented as another aspect of the character, so ultimately it felt to me like as a Jew watching that, it felt like representation. What do you think? Ah, isn't that nice? <laughs> Don't you see it? And that was well, that to me is uh, worse than not having right. it all. Well, and I think it ties into our conversation about other stuff, I think, where it just feels like something they're putting there without really being thoughtful about what it means, especially when I think I think there's a really clean connection right there of like religion. Conchu's a god. Like um if he's Jewish, like leaving a faith to sort of worship or be the warrior of another God, an Egyptian God that where the faith is different. Um, like that's interesting. And that's something that could easily be fodder for this conversation and this character in this episode, but there's too much sand fighting mm-hmm. and, um, Harrow chatting in an wow. asylum to deal wow. with any other things like that. Yeah, no. that, that's I agree 100 percent. I think like I'm hesitant to backseat right too much on this, but it felt like like you're saying there's a way to bring it in in the order. If it's I reject the Jewish religion for whatever reason that they put in there, if it ties to his mom, it ties to his dad, they push it harder. And then he's dying on the steps and Khonshu offers him another way. 
there's a connection there and yeah. that thread is missing, Naturally. but it's also in the wrong chronological order, which is even weirder given that his origin, ultimately the way that they've retconned it has tied into anti-Semitism, has tied into his father, a rabbi fleeing Europe because of hatred towards Judaism. And the fact that they were like, nope, taking that away, taking away the anti-Semitism instead his trauma comes from something entirely different that we created is frustrating. And it's also, this is not to pick on them necessarily, but they've been laudably very forward about, hey, we are Egyptian in descent. We want to be respectful and present a true Egypt rather than this mystical Egypt that's been presented. I think that's great. And I love that. And I wish the same care had been taken towards Judaism and it just wasn't. So that is one of the many reasons that I didn't like the episode, but that's probably the major one for me that just ultimately that was the thing that rubbed me the wrong way and stuck with. And if it had been better executed, I would have been all on board, but I just don't think it was. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry uh, to make it super heavy. I think like, no, yeah, I, I just think it's I, important to bring up. So no, no I, I, I definitely think it's important and I'm glad that you did. Uh, I, from my perspective, it felt like a kind of microcosm of who he is of like, he does something and then it horribly is just like, Oh God, what did I do? You know, like this kind of like, I don't know what's right or wrong or what world I'm in or whatever. And it was kind of like, uh, it was super powerful and kind of a, uh, but yeah, it makes a lot of sense what you're saying. I I think that um, I, it's one of these things of like Moon Knight is a, a lot of different kind of things in one. And the fact that like, I'm having such this kind of like boat ride with this character of like, boat ride. Uh, I don't know what's going on. It's the ships all over the place is, is something that like, if you're still think the ride is, is fun, I guess is you're still like, Hey, but you know, for you, you're like, no, this is too much. I want to get off this ride. Uh, I, I can understand that. You so would, you want to be dragged into the sand. Yeah, I don't want to drag Selvin into the sand, nor do no, I want to listen, watch him I to mean, get dragged into the sand. I know I was joking about it before. I had, we've said, said this joke before on the podcast, but like, I'm, I'm still doing a Marvel podcast. Like, I'm not going to stop doing <laughs> yeah. it. You know? Well, that's so. the thing. I think we, one thing is we had very – we were pretty high in general on the first few episodes. And to have this episode, which there's just so much riding on this episode in the way that Marvel constructs like a lot of their series. Exactly. Um, like, there's so much riding on having a life jacket on when you're on a boat. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? And or- this feels like the life jacket's full of um, anchors, you know? Oh, man. Uh, but again, you a see, lot I'm of that doing a metaphor there. <laughs> no, no, I got it, it. Turns up. I mean, my biggest fear, to be perfectly honest, about the next episode now is it's going to go the way of Wandavision and just devolve into like fisticuffs superhero fight, Death. and that's pretty much it, which there's every I mean, danger there. But there's also a lot of other things they need to tackle, like the third personality and what's going on with Layla and all of these other things. So we'll see how it turns out. Uh, it could be great. This could be an aberration here. Again, this episode didn't work for me, but I'm not like down with this episode, burn it from hell, you know, or anything like that. There's still mm. a lot of good visuals, a lot of stuff going on. Bef- uh, yes, and I still, I was, I still do like the series in general, but mm-hmm. like my, my take is too overstuffed. I also thought it was strange that Mark, when he is meeting Kanchu, is about to kill himself. I was like, we don't need to do that. You could just be. Well, hurt. he just. 
he just tried like his wife's dad is dead and like you know like he tried to help but like he's it failed miserably he's kind of at the end of you know how do you say to your wife like oops i shot your dad you know what i mean so it's kind of makes sense that he's That's like how you maybe say it man you just got to put it out there okay all right That's well nice. You know, hey, real quick before I serve you dinner. Oops, I shot your dad. <laughs> I mean, oops covers a lot of mistakes. People are like, "Oh, did you say oops?" Okay, uh, I a, get it. That's a fun word. It's got two round circles and then a pup, which is a very funny letter. It, it's a funny word. Yeah, also, it's sort of. It's almost like poops, which Alex, you know all about. Uh, I love that. Also reminds me of one of my favorite sketches. Oops, I crap my pants. Wow, this episode is tying up really <laughs> and, nicely. And unlike this, is- this episode of Moon Knight. I also like the fact of the uh, uh, Stephen as a character being in a different place than Mark, how it completely changes the like Stephen's not fooled by Dr. Harrell and the fact that he was like, "Ooh, you're looking very Ned Flanders. And, you know, like he's trying to gather information. He's like, no, you're just being nosy. Like, I'm not going to tell you the things that you want to know. You're the bad guy. I thought was also uh, kind of cool the way that like we're seeing uh, the the kind of switch of like one person being horrible in the situation and another person uh, being the right choice. Yeah. One last thing that, that I'll mention before we get to our vision board here, just as a little Easter eggy thing in the origin section, we hear how Mark was betrayed by Bushman is the way that he says yeah. it, which in the comic books, it's Bushman, which is this like, I think, very racist caricature. So I appreciate the fact that A, without showing him, but B, they seem to have made him into like Mr. Bushman or something like that. Yeah. So eventually yeah, David, they, Bushman. David Bushman, trying uh, to put some respect on it. Uh, all, all I'm saying is when they eventually bring him in, that gives them a lot of options as a potential villain for Moon Knight because he is a big Moon Knight villain. Presumably, they're going to continue with this character in some form. Um, so that'll be that'll be good to see it not play out how it plays in the comic books. Mm. Yeah. Let's turn to our vision board then where we look ahead to the final episode of Moon Knight. Pete, what's on your vision board? Well, I'm really hoping for this last episode they take some time and and kind of deal with uh, the Judaism of the character, and then uh, kind of uh, you know like smooth me. things out <laughs> and kind of explain everything in a way that makes sense, and then also has some fisticuffs, and then ends nicely. Oh, oh, you'd like it to end well? Is on your vision board? Okay, yeah. nice. That's Great. good. I mean, he's put put what do you want on your vision board? They say that's right. If you have ham sandwich, I will. I will say the big thing that I want is a satisfying resolution for the third personality thing, which that is one of the most minor things in the series. It feels like right now, but it has an outsized importance in terms of going into this last episode. So. We'll see what happens. I don't know. What I mean, because Oster Isaac was on uh, Seth Meyers and Seth Meyers said something like, yeah, you're two personalities. And Oster Isaac was like, well, there might be more than two. I was like, if you're going to go out of your way to correct people, hopefully it's coming. Yeah. Here's my prediction for that. Um, that thing uh, in the final episode, I think we're going to get because there's a lot to deal with. Got to fight Harrow, get Conchu out, be mood night, beat up a lot of people. I feel like the third uh, come personality. Back to life. Don't forget he's dead. Yeah, come back uh, come to back life. To yeah. life um, uh, talk to Towerette. Um, Stephen is sand now. Got to go find all the tiny little pieces of Stephen. Oh, sand. that's gonna be that's gonna be because it's gotta be like, is this a Stephen Grain? And it's like, no, mm-hmm. yes, might be somebody else. Um, I think they <laughs> so they will 
they will not resolve that. I think that will be a reveal at the end of the final episode um, as a problem to deal with in a, I don't know, future season of Moon Knight. Mm. Whoa. Interesting. Well, listen, we are going to see what happens as we wrap up Moon Knight next week. If you'd like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Moon Knight, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, shit yourself with glee. (laughs) (laughs) The new sign-off is great. I love it. (laughs) 